Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Let me say this right off the bat. I actually was planning to say this at the end. I feel like I want to say this at the beginning. Um, Sometimes the Lord will place on a pastor the... um, the burden of the people like he'll help he'll help me understand what it is that you're carrying what it is that you're feeling what it is you're going through and um and i believe he did that for me yesterday and um and here's what and so i was praying about that and i was praying about this message and Corey, just stay with me because i don't really know what's fixing to happen but um what I believe the Lord said to us about this service today and about this message today is every week we come together and we're a church. As a church, we, we come together and we seem to be desperately trying to keep it together. But today is the day that we fall apart and that we give it to him. They say that over within a couple of years, the an organization takes on the characteristics of its leadership, and that's sort of been that's just kind of my thing. And y'all know that I've I've been very transparent over the ten years as I am trying to be more and more like Christ and trying to be more and more healthy. I've been really honest about the things that 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 I tend to do naturally that are just not healthy and, and so y'all know that I just I I can take a punch I ain't never been in a fight in my life but I'm telling you I can take a punch and and I just absorb it and I just keep I just keep taking the hits and keep taking the hits and I just keep pushing through and I keep acting like everything's okay and I see you doing that I see you following me as I follow Christ and I just want to tell you Stop it. Stop it. Because I'm stopping it. You can't, you can't live this way. The Lord told me pretty clearly about a year ago, you're going to die if you don't change something. So I'm telling you, you got to change something. We got to quit acting like stuff doesn't hurt. We got to quit acting like everything's okay. We got to quit acting like we got our crap together when we come into this place. When you know good and well, your life's falling apart. And we come in here and we put on our pretty faces and we put on our nice clothes and we come and we lift our hands and we might shed a tear or two. But I'm telling you, we got to stop. Because you're dying spiritually and eventually physically if you don't do something better 
than you're doing it now. And so I want to I share from Jeremiah about the calling of God. All of us are called, okay? So don't check out on me. Every one of us has a calling. But what we're talking about today transcends even just calling. This is, this is anybody who's trying to live a life for Christ, okay? So let me just say it that way. Instead of, when I say calling today, I want you to hear anybody who's trying to live a life for Christ, Okay, And that if you call the name of Jesus, you call him your Lord, that's, that's got to be you. Okay, Whether you found what you feel like is, is your, your calling, your quote calling, whatever that means, or not, if you're trying to pursue Christ, then this message is for you today. But I want you to hear, I heard very clearly, today is the day to fall apart. And stop acting like we've got it all together. Turn with me. Um, I just want to go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 17. So guys, we're, you know, I, I don't know, you might be a female. Is that Heather? Sorry, you're not a guy. Um, we're, we're just hang with me. I don't really know. So uh, let's go to 17 uh, and 19. 17 and 19. So, you know, last week we talked about Jeremiah's unqualified calling that, uh, that God called Jeremiah to be the prophet uh, to, his, to, his, to the nation, the nation of Judah. This is, this is the last part of that conversation that God had with, uh, with Jeremiah. And now, Jeremiah is 17 years old at this time. And God said, I formed you in the womb. I called you before you were born. I've appointed you as, as my prophet to this age. And then, and then he tells him a couple things. And then he comes to verse 17. And God says, get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Don't be, don't be afraid of them or I'll make you look foolish in front of them. He said, for see, today I've made you strong, like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. Do you understand the calling that God's telling him? You're going to be against every human being in the country. The things that I give you to say are going to offend and tick off everybody in the country. It's going to convict them. It's going to make them mad. So as prophet to the nations, Jeremiah was going to go out. And he was going to tell everything that God's He's going to be God's mouthpiece. And it's a serious calling. And it's got, a, it's got serious consequences. He said, if you're afraid of them, if you back up, if you pull punches, if you don't tell them exactly what I tell you to say, I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to embarrass you because it's, it's too important. And see, what God was telling him is this. A prophet is only as good as the prophecies. And a prophecy is only as good as the God who makes the prophecies happen. And so Jeremiah was going to speak what God told him. And if he spoke everything God said, then God said, I back you up 100% and everything you say that I tell you to say is going to happen. If you don't do everything I tell you to do, then you're on your own. Okay? Here's how Jeremiah handled it. And this is the, this is the crux of the message today. Jeremiah was faithful. Absolutely faithful. 
And I believe that this is a congregation of people who are trying desperately to be faithful. Okay, so don't hear what I said to you today as criticism. I want you to hear this as your pastor, as as your friend, as somebody that loves you deeply and dearly. I am not trying to say you're fake. I'm not trying to say you're a fraud. I'm saying you are desperately trying to be faithful to the Lord. But the dam is about to break. You've held back everything. Your capacity has been reached. I told somebody today, big old strong, good looking guy. And I said, dude, you know how, no matter how big you are, there is a capacity for those shoulders. And that's really, that's really what I want to say to everybody. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how, how much of anything you are. There is only so much that you can carry. Not one recorded instance in the book of Jeremiah that he failed to do exactly what God called him to do. Jeremiah was faithful. He was, he, he was unrelentingly faithful. His faithfulness is, is, was unrelenting. He, he never stopped. He never quit. The gift that God gave Jeremiah was the gift of prophecy. And he was faithful to that gift. No matter what your gift is, no matter what it is that God's trying to do in you and through you, he wants you to be faithful to it. You're, it's not your gift. It's his gift. He gave it to you. Every gift, every opportunity, everything that he's, every resource, every talent, everything that you have came from him. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, right? That's James chapter 1. Everything good in your life came from God, and he in turn wants you to turn around and give it back to him. You are a steward of those gifts, of your calling, of the opportunities that are in front of you. And I believe that every one of you are trying to be good stewards, but I want you to know what that means. What is it that you're supposed to do? John, how am I supposed to carry the call? How am I supposed to pursue Christ? How am I supposed to be what I'm supposed to be? Well, I want to show it to you because it's a, it's a lot simpler than maybe we make it. Matthew chapter 25 Verse 21, I want to show you this. The master was full of praise. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Come, let's celebrate together. Faithful is what he's looking for. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. He said, now a person who's in charge as a manager, as a steward, must be faithful. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift, the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping? Then do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All power and glory to Him. You know what you want to know what God expects of you, how it is you're supposed to serve God and be what He wants you to be. Be faithful. Be faithful. Jeremiah was unrelenting. He had unrelenting faithfulness. And that's the title of the message today. But there's two things that I want to point out to you about faithfulness that we don't talk about in the, in, in the church enough, especially in the American church. And in some cases, we not only don't say it, we say the opposite. 
but I want to show you from the Word of God today two things. One is faithfulness doesn't guarantee results. Did y'all hear me? Faithfulness does not guarantee results. We, we might look at, at this prophet later in the series, Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah, right? Jonah delivered one prophetic message to, uh, to a city of heathens. Do you know what the results were? You know what the, the, the results were of, of Jonah's one message? 120,000 people repented. 120,000 people turned around, turned to God, begged for mercy. People all over the city, thousands of people sitting in sackcloth and ashes, humbling themselves before a God who had declared he was going to destroy them in just a few days. It was an astounding result. Do you know how many people in all the 40 years of 40 years of ministry of Jeremiah, do you know how many people responded to the call of God? His own people responding to his prophet, calling them to repentance because he, God was about to pour out judgment and destroy their city. Do you know how many people responded? Do you know what the results of Jeremiah's ministry was? Nothing. Nobody. Not one recorded person in the whole book of Jeremiah repented. Not one. The priests, the kings, the people, everybody. Jeremiah's preaching his heart out. Nothing changed. They were going headlong towards destruction and they never took their foot off the gas no matter what Jeremiah said. See, we love to tell people that if you'll just be faithful to God, he's going to show up for you and everything's going to be great. That God's going to bless you and you're going to see great results. You just keep at it and eventually God's going to make you a rousing success. Y'all, that is not in the book. It's just not. Did Jeremiah receive a reward? Absolutely he did. But not on this earth. Was Jeremiah a success? (laughs) Absolutely he was a success. But not on this earth. He was never honored. He was never respected. He never had a big following. Never had measurable results. No matter what his five and ten year plan was. Nothing worked. Only God honored him. And he honored him not for his results. He honored him for his faithfulness to do what he called him to do. He ministered before an audience of one, capital O. The only person that paid attention to Jeremiah was God. But he was faithful to do what God called him to do. And God was honored by that. And God, God blessed him for it. If you are not comfortable with your audience of being one, if you're not comfortable laboring and doing what God called you to do without somebody telling you how awesome you are, without building a, a great ministry, without, without being the best and the most and the blessed and all that stuff, then, then you're going to have a hard time following Jesus. Because the truth is, the vast majority of pastors are going to spend their whole ministries in churches of less than 100. 
We Americanize the gospel. We tell people that if you work hard enough and believe enough and confess enough and you keep a positive attitude that you're going to be a mega church pastor and a rock star preacher. And that's just not, that's just not in the word. It's not God's will for everybody. You might be called to take kids to church. And you might put them in your Honda Civic. And you might put them in your 15-passenger van. And it might, you might never transport more than 14 kids. Right? You, you have dreams of bus ministry and fleets of buses to bring kids to tell them about Jesus. You might never even pack out your 15-passenger van. But if God called you to it, then keep driving the van. He might call you to, to do maintenance for the church, for a nonprofit, for a ministry somewhere. And people have no idea how it is the lights always work, how it is the air filters always get changed, why it is the paint never seems to fade, never seems to chip. They have no idea what you're doing. But you're being faithful to do what God called you to do. There's, there's probably never going to be a maintenance man appreciation day. People don't get it. But you're faithful. You might be called to teach school. We all had teachers that we, that we knew God had called them to teach school. And we had people that we wished God would call them somewhere else. Right? Because that clearly wasn't it. Please don't say names. Never going to be teacher of the year, maybe. Maybe not ever have your poster on the wall somewhere. Maybe not ever be honored by any organization. You just get a new set of kids every year. And you pour your life into those kids every year for 30 years, 35 years. But if that is what God called you to do, then be faithful at doing it. See, in the kingdom of God, faithfulness is success. You want to know what it is, what success looks like in the kingdom of God? You keep showing up. You keep doing what God called you to do and forget about everything else. What is it? What did the Lord just say? What did you say the Lord was going to say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful. Faith. If you showed up and you did what he told you to do, you win. Man, we love scoreboards, don't we? Don't we love to be able to look up and see who's winning, who's behind, and who's ahead? And, and we, all, I, I'm not really a big fan of scoreboards in church because I don't think we ever measure the right stuff. If there is a scoreboard, we're, we're getting the scores wrong. So let me ask you this. Which one's more valuable to the kingdom, Jonah or Jeremiah? Now look, if we look at the scoreboard... Jonah is winning 120,000 to zero. Jeremiah's losing bad. But I don't think any of us in here thinks Jeremiah was losing. 40 years of faithfulness. 40 years of faithfulness. Biblically, they're tied. Because they both did what God called them to do. The parable of the talents, the guy who had five, the guy who had two, both got the same reward. See, we think one of them was ahead five to two. The master thought they were both tied at one. 
because you did what I told you to do. It wasn't about the results. It was about the faithfulness. And his beef with guy number three who had the one and just brought the, one, just brought the single one back, had no increase. His beef with him was not that he failed to produce. His beef with him was that he failed to be faithful to use what God gave him in the first place. It's not that he wasn't fruitful. The problem was he wasn't faithful. In the parable of the field, Jesus said there's a guy with a, with a field and he's hiring workers and he hired some very first thing in the morning. He hired some more about mid-morning, hired some more about noon, had hired some more mid-afternoon, hired some about one hour before quitting time. He gave them all the same, the same pay. Because it's not about the amount that they harvested. It was about their willingness to be faithful to answer the call. Paul said, I'm really nothing. He said, my buddy Apollos, he's nothing. I'm watering, I'm planting, Apollos is watering, but it's God who's giving the increase. Isn't that right? So how is it that God's going to pass out rewards based on something over which we have no control? If God is the God of the harvest and God is the God of the results, then we got the scoreboard wrong. We score points based on faithfulness and obedience. And we're the only ones who get to decide whether we're going to be faithful and obedient. Listen, when God calls you to do something, do like 1 Peter said. Do it with all your heart. If you're, if you're a speaker, then you speak like it's God speaking through you. If you're a servant, then you serve like you're waiting on Jesus himself. You do everything you do as if Jesus were the one you're doing it for. Don't look at anybody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. If you're, if for, for pastors, we got to quit looking at, at the size of each other's churches and try to decide which one's more important. As long as we're all doing what God called us to do, then none of that matters. Stop looking at the people that you think are serving better than you or seeing better results than you. And don't go try to, don't go try to be like them. You be you. You be who God called you to be. That's where the reward comes from. So I want you to understand that being faithful doesn't mean that you're going to get a guaranteed result. And then here's the second thing, and this ties into what I believe the Lord was speaking to us today. Faithfulness isn't easy. Faithfulness is not easy. I don't know a bunch of people who's trying any harder to be people of God than you are. I, I, I promise you. I have such respect and such admiration for you and the way you love Jesus and the way you love others. But we've got to admit that being faithful is not easy. Jeremiah had it rough. He was a priest, but he was banned from the temple. He was despised by the people. He was constantly threatened. He was eventually arrested. He was accused of treason. He was accused of desertion. As, as a last-ditch effort to save the kingdom, he sat down and wrote down every prophecy that God had ever given him up to that point. At that point, probably 30, 35 years of prophecies. He, wrote, he sat down and, and gave dictation and wrote it out word for word, took it to the king, sent it to the king. The king ripped it into shreds and burned it. 
And then in what must have been, he, he was arrested. He was thrown in jail. He was thrown in, in, in house arrest. Then he was thrown in a dungeon. And, and then what had to have been the lowest point of his life. I want to read this to you because I, I just can't get this image out of my mind. So the officials took Jeremiah from his cell. He lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern. That's a big um, water hole that they dig to catch rainwater. They, um, they lowered him into the empty cistern in the prison yard. It belonged to M- Malkijah, a member of the royal family. There was no water in the cistern, but there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank into it. This is a handcrafted man of God who was called before he was even born, touched by the hand of God, sent to the nations, faithful through the ridicule and the rejection, through the danger, through the beatings. He he was broken. He was battered. He was publicly humiliated. He was treated like a criminal. And for him, his reward for faithfulness, his rock bottom had a thick layer of mud on it. And he just sank down in it. Eventually, they kidnapped him. All the Judah fell, just like he said it would. Eventually, a little group of, of, of people kidnapped him and drug him to Egypt against his will. Eventually, he was stoned to death in Egypt, a martyr for his faith. He was unrelenting in his faithfulness. He never quit. He never backed up. But it was really, really hard. And I can give you example after example after example of men and women who have been faithful to God all the way. Not perfect, not sinless, but faithful to God every step of the way. And it was hard, y'all. Behind all of his public proclamations, there was a whole lot of private pain. See, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And that's how he was connected. That's how he was a type and shadow of Jesus because both Jeremiah and Jesus stood and wept over Jerusalem. They both wept over the people who were going to die and be slaughtered at the hands of the enemy simply because they wouldn't repent and turn to God. He was a priest. He was a prophet. But he really had more of a pastor's heart. He loved these people. These people hated him. They were stubborn. They loved their sin more than they loved their God. They drove him nuts. They infuriated him with their hypocrisy. But he loved them. Look at Jeremiah 9 and 1. I want you to see what he said. He said, if only my head were a pool of water and my eyes a fountain of tears, I would weep day and night for all my people who've been slaughtered. He was unrelenting in his faithfulness to deliver the message that God placed in his heart, but it was crushing him. And he cried over and over, maybe even whined about it. Almost lost his faith over it because it was so hard. There were ministry pressures, but there were personal pressures. Jeremiah was never married Never had kids. He went through 40 years of grueling ministry all by himself. 
No area of his life was off limits. When you're serving God, you don't just get hit with the ministry stuff, do you? You don't just get hit with the stuff about your calling. It's your personal life. It's your family stuff. It's your church stuff. It's everything, man. It's a country gone crazy. It's everything. There were times he had to ask God why. There were times he had questions. There were times he had doubts. And here's what I want you to know today. Do you know that God is okay if you ask him questions? Do you know it's okay to tell God you don't understand? Do you know it's okay to tell God you don't like what's going on in your life? Do you know it's okay to tell God this is hard and I'm tired? Do you know it's okay to cry over the weight of the calling? The weight of trying to pursue righteousness? The weight of trying to continue to be faithful? It's okay. All through the book, Jeremiah had moments where he had to stop and and just take a breath and just mourn. He wrote an entire book. After the book of all his prophecies, there's a book called Lamentations. And it's also believed to be uh, written by Jeremiah. And it fits perfectly with the things that are already throughout the, the book of Jeremiah where he just, he's just lamenting. A, a, a lament is like poetry written to mourn the loss of something or someone. Just pour out your heart about what's going on. It's heavy. It's emotional. But it's godly. God thought so much of it, he put it in the book he didn't say Jeremiah quit your wine and get your tail back out there and do what I told you to do he said this is this is sacred to me I'm collecting these you're pouring out your heart and I'm scooping them up and I'm going to preserve them for thousands of years we love the Psalms and we love the ones that talk about singing praises to God but at least a third of them are the psalmist crying out to the Lord to intervene Psalms of lament, where they say, how long, God? How long is it going to be before you intervene? How many more people have got to die before you step up and protect the widows and the orphans like you say you will? Where are you, God? I need you to show up. Little, Little church I was raised in, the house I was raised in, you got popped in the mouth for saying something like that. The God that I grew up knowing, you couldn't be that bare bones honest with him. He'd zap you. Sometimes I think we're preaching the gospel of Greek mythology. We act like the father is Zeus. It's not the God of the Bible. He says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So I didn't think God liked people murmuring and complaining. Oh no, he don't like murmuring and complaining. But we're not talking about griping, complaining about God. We're talking about complaining to God. And that's a whole different deal. And see, lament is, is, a, is a special deal because you start out complaining and pouring your heart out to God and saying, this hurts and I don't want to do this anymore and I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying here. And God, in turn, before you, before you get out of his presence, you've encountered God. And then you start going, yeah, but God, you're so good to me. 
and you're, you're still strong and you're still blessing me and you're still helping me. And, and so they would start out whining, complaining, and they'd wind up worshiping the Lord. I want to show you the mo- maybe one of the most famous ones from Lamentations. Jeremiah wrote this himself. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance and therefore I will hope in Him. When you complain to other people, you both just wind up bitter. When you complain to God, you wind up better because you experience His presence and you get reminded all over again that even when you don't agree with His decision, you don't understand His decision, you don't like what you're having to do, that He's still right and He's still good and He's still God. Faithfulness is not easy. See, He knows it's not easy. So God gives us uh, a special divine enabling to carry out our calling. And it's called an anointing through the Holy Spirit. A few years ago, I got to go to, uh, well, 15 years ago now, I went to Israel, and there's just olive trees everywhere. And that's always been in the Mediterranean area. Lots and lots of olives as part of their diet, as part of their ceremony, as part of their everyday life. And, and, and they, they would take olives for the anointing oil. They would take olives and they would put them, when they were ripe, man, they were just about to burst. They'd, they'd put them in these wicker baskets and they'd stack the baskets on top of each other. And they'd put this big heavy stone on the top. And the stone would crush the olives and the oil would run out. And they'd catch it at the bottom. That's how you get the oil. And the, the big heavy stone was called Geth, uh, Gethsemane. That's, that's what the stone was. It's a Greek word. people ask sometimes about the difference between a a, a natural gifting somebody who's just naturally good at something and somebody who's anointed to do something and I think that's a deep and and long conversation but here's I think at least part of it the difference is the crushing it's the crushing if you're truly faithful to the call of God, to pursuing God and to being what he wants you to be, then, then you're going to follow God into the furnace to be purified. You're going to follow God into Gethsemane to be crushed. Here's something that nobody, just, nobody wants to say, but I'm just going to tell you, the calling will crush you. The calling will crush you. You're like, well, okay, then I'm done. I don't want no part of that. I don't want nothing about a crushing. I don't want nothing to do with all that pain. I'm not interested in the anointing. I don't want to go through all that. Listen, I get that. I understand that. Nobody wants to, but ignoring the call does not exclude you from pain. It's just that your pain, it means your pain will be wasted. You say, what about the promise of God? Romans 8, 28, that all things are going to work together for my good. That's not the whole verse. 
He said it works together for your good for those who are called to God's purpose. You don't answer the call. You're not faithful to go through the pain. Then you don't get the promise that he's working all of that together for your good. And part of that good is that he takes the crushing and he catches the tears and he catches the pain and he catches the oil of your life and he pours it back into you as anointing to enable you and to strengthen you and and to empower you to do what he called you to do in the first place. He recycles the pain of your life back into your life to give you the strength that you need to give you a heart for people who are also broken. You see a person who's operating in their calling and in their gifting and there's an anointing of God to do that. Don't be jealous of their anointing. Don't be dismissive of it. Don't say stupid stuff like, oh, it just must be nice to stand up there and God just use you and it just must be so easy. Don't be foolish. The stuff that's done in public, that's the easy stuff. You don't see the private pain. And it's not just for pastors. It's for whatever you're called to do. I know teachers who stay up at night praying over their kids. I know firefighters who minister to the people that they've gone to help. They minister to each other who've gone through difficult things night after night after night. It's their calling. It's their anointing. People don't know the crushing pressure that you go through. People people don't know the disorienting warfare. People don't know the cost of the crushing. Faithfulness is not easy. And God never promised that it would be. He only promised that he'd be there with us every step of the way. Giving us what we need to continue to be faithful. And he promised us that it would be worth it. It'd be worth it. This is a church every week comes in here desperately trying to keep it together. Today is the day that we need to fall apart. Let me ask you this. What do you need to lament? What do you need to mourn? What do you finally need to be honest with God about? And say, you know what? That was 10 years ago. But I still don't know what that was about. Somebody just needs to come to him and just say, I'm trying to be faithful. But this is hard. I'm trying to do what you called me to do. But I'm lonely. I'm trying to do what I know you told me to do. But I've had to give up so much to do it. I'm trying to be faithful. But I'm not sure the cost is worth it.
cast all your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. See, so many of us have been trying so hard to be faithful and to hold it together. And sometimes the most faithful thing you can do is just to let it out. It, it becomes a weight that's hindering you. It's not a badge of honor. It's weighing you down. And if you'll just give it to him, then he can redeem it and return it to you. But you've got to give it to him. It's time to lament the pressure. It's time to lament the losses. It's time to lament the church hurt that you've had to go through. To mourn the, 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 the people that you've lost. To confess the guilt. To confess the pain. To just tell it to Jesus. Tell Him it's too heavy for you. Tell Him about the marriage stress. Tell Him about the family stress. Tell Him about the financial stress. Tell Him about the weight. Tell Him about the pressure. Just just tell it all to Him today. Fall apart so He can put you back together with His strength and His anointing. Y'all stand with me, please. Listen, you can pray about anything you want to pray about. But I'm telling you, a bunch of y'all need to come and just lay it out for him. Just tell him everything. Just quit. Stop it. Just come and let it all out. Because it's killing you. You can trust him to say whatever you need to say. He is not intimidated by you. He is not offended by you when you're just pouring your heart out to Him. So just come be honest. God, I've, been, I've tried to be faithful to what it is you called me to do today. These are your people. These are your children. They're trying to be faithful, Lord, but they're scared and they're broken and they're overwhelmed. Would you draw them to yourself today? Would you hold them while they break? Then would you pick up the pieces and put us back together in a way that pleases you? In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.